Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Get you guys joining us, finally wrapping up the Suns preseason. Very exciting for all of us that we finally got some Suns basketball. It was just preseason, but it was really nice. My name is Tim Tompkins, of course, uh, joined as always by Mr. Greg Esposito. Oh, 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 oh. And Mr. Dave King, managing editor of Bright Side of the Sun. You're not gonna, you're not gonna vary your ahoy hoy at all, Greg. You're just doing that from now on every time. Well, you, somebody said I was stealing somebody else's bit by saying hello in different languages. So I just, I'm oh, sticking with ahoy. Oh, that's true. But I, ahoy hoy is terrible. I mean, it makes me think you're like the skipper from Gilligan's Island. That makes maybe that's Tim what I'm Gilligan. going for. And I'm the professor. Hey, this works actually. Or actually, I'm so old now. I'm probably Mr. Uh, Whatchamacallit, the old you're guy. Mi- you're Mrs. Howell. Let's not. You know. <laughs> no, I'm Thurston Howell. I'll be Thurston Howell. <laughs> Wait, yeah. who told you that you're you're stealing a bit from another show? What other? Dave no, it's the, uh, the fan in the flames. Paul always says hello in different ways every time. So Greg started doing that. So I gave him a hard time. And now he just does one awful one. Well, and Justin's a lawyer. I don't want to get sued, so. <laughs> yeah, but we know things about Justin that he doesn't want anyone else to know. <laughs> so he's not going to sue any of us. Hey, how about we talk some sons before everybody stops listening to this thing or watching, whatever you're doing. Hey, have we even told everyone that we're on? Yes, I just did. <laughs> uh, well, you guys gave me 45 seconds to do so. But thank you for cutting straight to the sun so we can get into it. All right, so we have a lot that we're going to wrap up, but I did uh, compile some preseason stats that I'm going to rattle off. Uh, you know, you guys stop me if you want, and then I can continue on, whatever. Um, so Aiton, uh, leading the team, uh, during the preseason and points per game, 14 points on 67% shooting. Devin Booker, not shooting all that well, 41% field goal, 33% from three. It's been a little bit disappointing. Frank Kaminsky shooting 42% on threes during the preseason. Uh, Rookie Camson shooting 4% on threes and 100% from the line. And the attempts on threes is actually fairly sizable for uh, preseason, so he's looked really good there. Javon Carter is getting more minutes than uh, Tyler Johnson, Ty Jerome, Ellie Kobo. Ricky Rubio, 17 assists to six during the preseason. Decker, 12 12 turnover during the preseason. Uh, Jerome, 2 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. He's looked really great. Um, Aiton with a block a game, which doesn't sound like a lot. He's leading the team. But that being said, it's also in limited minutes. So that's nice to see. Uh, What's been really nice to see from Devin Booker is a 1.7 steals per game, uh, especially in his limited minutes. Uh, So that's been really great. Kaminsky, Aiton, Shaq Diallo, and Dario Saric all have a total of 20 or 21 boards during uh, preseason, which is nice to see more than just one Suns player actually grabbing some damn rebounds. Okay, so let's just be honest, and it, preseason stats are much like the points on whose liner is it anyways. They don't matter uh, <laughs> in the end. There's nothing that... Uh, that matters about them, but they're certainly um, encouraging things. That there's there's indicators. There. So as far as points per game and things like that, yeah, uh, Greg, you're right. Those will change because people will play different amount of minutes. Uh, none of those guys average more than, except for Cam Johnson, I think, led the team probably in minutes played per game. Uh, but that's... Uh, because Monty loves him, totally loves him. And Javon Carter <laughs> might probably have been number two. I don't know. But the starters didn't actually get more than 22, 24 minutes a game on average um, in the preseason. And because Monty was saying yesterday 
before the game, Monty was saying that there's no point ramping up their um, their cardio in a preseason that ends nine days before the regular season because whatever they've built up, they're going to lose in a couple of days. These guys, they're I mean, they're they're their cardio you can only do so much in practice and scrimmages and all that on cardio because games are so different and so if you're not playing game after game after game you lose that a little bit uh so there he said there was no point playing these guys 30 32 minutes and risking an injury if um they're just going to lose that that stamina anyway in a couple of days off so there are nine days between their final preseason game and their opening night and so they're just going to have to you know, do the best they possibly can to be in shape for opening night. But back to your point, Greg, the uh, stats, the individual stats don't necessarily matter, but team stats, I think, are can be revealing. And the Suns are top 10 in pace and points off of turnovers. Um, they're generating a lot of turnovers and getting points off of those, both in transition and in half court on the possession after that turnover. Um, so they're doing real well there. Um, they're just they're not taking as many threes as the rest of the league. Although two years ago, the number of threes they're taking would have been top 10. Uh, now it's like bottom third. So uh, the Suns are trying, uh, but like Monty says, he only wants them to take open threes and things like that. So it's, it's a work in progress for sure. But one thing we know is that they are going to play fast and they're going to try to get a lot of points in transition and on turnovers. Who in the world thought it was a good idea to give a nine-day break between the end of the preseason and the beginning of the regular season? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Same question. Um, he's like, I've never seen this before. I don't even know how to coach to it because guys really do lose their edge. That's why they don't want too long of an even trade deadline break. You know, all-star break, that even uh, one year was nine days and it was too long. Guys didn't like it. It's almost like Monty has to run a second training camp now just to keep these guys' heads where, yeah, he where they need to be. They're going to have to have two, at least two really heavy scrimmage days where they spend most of the time really just getting as winded as possible. Um, and it's funny, DeAndre Ayton last night after the game was talking about conditioning. Uh, he there, there was a comment coming out of college where uh, one of the scouts said that he heard from a former coach that Aiton thinks he tries a little harder than he really does. And he's, he's kind of bearing that out this preseason. He's talking a big game, like he's keeping up with the guys and he's, he's doing his cardio and he's keeping up, but then his coaches are constantly telling him he's got to run more and, and run harder. And, and, uh, he's a little bit in denial. He is getting winded out there and you can obviously tell, and he was, it winded a little bit last year too. Uh, he needs to get in better shape and Monty Williams and his staff are trying to get Deandre Ayton in better shape, but games are totally different than scrimmages and scrimmages are totally different than practice walkthroughs and stuff and cardio that we all do on our regular basis. So, um, We'll see how it is on the first week or so of, of regular season, but it's going to be a little ragtag for all the NBA teams, not just the Suns. Can we can we institute what I like to call the Dave King rule? And can we, when DeAndre Ayton speaks, just kind of acknowledge that he's talking, but don't really listen because he contradicts himself. He just says things. I, people get people get so upset over it, and I'm like, just just he's not he, he's a 20 year old kid. Just back off of it and accept that he's going to say some crazy right things. He's oh, 21. I'm sorry. He can drink now, so maybe he'll say crazier things. But just honestly, let's let's just pump the brakes on freaking out every time DeAndre Ayton says something uh, because it's it's just not worth it at this point. 
it is funny last night. So you, do you guys want me to read you a quote of his though? That, that is especially interesting. Oh, please, because there's nothing better than uh, instead of us having video or audio, Dave King reenacting. I mean, DeAndre I could, but I haven't Ayton queued quote. it up. I'm not that technically Here, advanced. Dave, please reenact the DeAndre Ayton quote. Well, I can't do his energy, but I'll, I'll try. Uh, so he was asked a question of, of Monty saying that he, he wants more consistency and for Ayton to play better, but mostly consistency is a word we heard a lot in preseason. And DeAndre's answer was like, Man, I don't even know. I need to ask him to get more detail. I, I've been consistent in every damn thing. I think he got me. He got on me one time, but I haven't like I haven't really slipped up. I just try to lead by example. I can sh- I can I just show these guys. I I show you how I work hard. I show what type of anchor I am. That's his quote when when told his coach wants more consistency out of him. Again, the Dave King rule. Like a- acknowledge that he's talking. Don't pay attention to it. <laughs> Get the uh, so, show back on track, Tim, please. Yeah, I, I do want to take a minute to thank a uh, monthly subscriber of the show, Steve Holler, who did the $10 option. So if you're listening Holla. to the podcast right now and you want to support the show, you can. You just hit the support the show button. If you do, you can do a one, a five or a $10 option. You do the $10 option. I'll personally send you some sun swag. So uh, again, thank you so much to Steve Holler for doing that. Also, thank you so much to a couple guys in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, Rip93 Ford, as well as Joseph Shook, uh, who donated while watching on YouTube. Uh, thank you guys. Honestly, so effing much uh it really really does mean a lot to us joseph donated thank you joseph donated purely so i have to refer to cam johnson as shazam cam now so uh, oh i like cam wow better i love cam uh, we can rotate it but i'm i'm now required joseph called it oh i forgot to say though steve holler if you're listening right now hit us up on twitter let me know what your address is and i'll go ahead and send that to you um, so we do want to talk about a, a couple of different things. And uh, since we're talking about DeAndre Ayton, we might as well talk about this. Uh, we've all seen the videos. If you've been at the games, you've seen DeAndre Ayton uh, during warmups. He has been shooting threes. We haven't seen a single three during the preseason. Another thing that we haven't seen yet, and uh, this is in 62 minutes of total play, is DeAndre Ayton shoot a single free throw during the preseason. I could not care less that he didn't shoot a free throw. <laughs> Why did this become one of the bigger things on Sun's Twitter over the la- and on radio, as a, as a matter of fact, uh, over the last 24 hours? Who cares? It's freaking preseason. I don't care that he didn't shoot a free throw in 64 minutes. It does not make a difference to me whatsoever. Now, if he goes four games in the regular season without hitting one, then we can, or without taking one, we can have a conversation then. But right now, I'm just, I'm sick of everybody nitpicking every last little damn thing with this kid. You know, I do find it, wait, I do find it fascinating though, along that line, after Brendan Clean put out there on, on Sun's Twitter last night that Aiden had not, Aiden had not attempted a free throw in 62 minutes, this guy, Mike Notham, or Notham, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, uh, Mike. But uh, he had previously tweeted that he looked at every single play in NBA.com slash stats last year, every single shot that Aiden took, and he never once pump faked. Like, don't you think, like, Al Jefferson was the king of pump faking and getting to the free throw line because he'd get his guy off his off his feet. Aiden never pump faked all season. Is that is that that's fascinating? Uh, it's interesting, but it's it's, it's a thing that he needs Thanks to. For the story. 
<laughs> what did you say? I said super fascinating. Thanks for the story. It is interesting. <laughs> it's something else this kid can get better at. I mean, we all know he's a work in progress. Yeah, it seems it, so simple. Can can we talk about pump fakes for a moment? Because I swear to God, if Sharge does another pump fake every single effing time that he gets the ball, I'm going to freak out. I, I cannot I cannot stand watching him do his little pump fake and then drive every single time. And I got to give you a hint. Pump fakes only work if you shoot the ball sometimes. Hey, listen. He does shoot. Oh, man. He needs to make up for DeAndre Aiden having no pump fakes, all right? <laughs> Have you guys noticed it, though? Or is it just me? I'm too distracted by the mustache and the hair to, to notice a pump fake with Sarge. <laughs> he is a good player. You guys are going to really appreciate him. Hey, um, if we did a poll of which player has surprised you the most in preseason, which guy do you think is the most surprising Frank Kaminsky by a thousand percent. Yeah, all of us hated that signing. Um, probably Javon Carter. Although I think okay. Kaminsky's been been pretty surprising too. But I think that I didn't realize how excellent of a defender, on ball defender, uh, Carter is. Yeah, and he made his shots too. I mean, I really don't like. I, I really liked. Anthony Melton and Anthony Melton was a little bigger and longer than uh, <clears throat> than Javon Carter is, and so he could actually defend uh, shooting guards as well. But Javon Carter, from what I heard, defended um, some of the best shooting guards in the league last year too. He is a dogged defender for sure. And what Monty said one time is is really good. He said that Javon gets his steals in the defensive scheme. Like he gets steals every game, but they're all right while he's doing what he's supposed to do, as opposed to diving across a passing lane and leaving his man in the act. And if he misses on the steal attempt, his man's wide open. Javon Carter is stealing it as they're trying to pass it to his man. So Monty really likes that kid. Javon, I, I, Javon I just Carter see him looks running the team. God, you want to see him running the team? No, I don't. The, oh. the only thing is, is, is yeah, good, his, yeah. his, his ability to run point. I'm not a big fan of, but I think if you, if you have him out there with the secondary ball handler, I think he could be effective. Well, and the, the nice thing is with Booker and Tyler Johnson as your two shooting guards, those are guys that can also be, be ball handlers. But is it just me or does Javon Carter look and does his name sound like a creative player? Like some the, the most generic like look and name sound uh, of anybody on this preseason. Look, I've roster. always said, I've always said Ray Felton looks like a, like your uncle or some dude who just shows up at the courts on the Saturday with his track suit on. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, sure. We'll let you play a little bit. And then he kicks your ass. That's like Javon Carter. He looks like some guy who just shows up and he, yeah, someone's cousin or someone's uncle or something like that, man. He looks like 38 years old. Sorry. Javon's mom, I really apologize. It just happened. He is an old-looking dude, <laughs> but he is so good at, at defensively at playing his man in the NBA that I can get past how how much he looks like a Derek Fisher. Uh, uh, Tanto Menzel, Menzel. How do Manziel? how do I pronounce that? I'm Manziel. Sure. Manziel. 
Manville, I'm sure I'll get a message here on the YouTube chat. Uh, just uh, <laughs> donated ten bucks to the show to buy land in Kaminsky Cove. Oh, hey. I've got a I've got a beautiful parcel of land out in Kaminsky Cove just for you, Tonto, uh, Tanto, Tanto. However you say your name, I got great real salty. estate for you. I'm going to uh, going to share that with you shortly. But it's got a great beach view, and the drink with a slice of pineapple is uh, is just ready for you. So thank you for that but uh i i don't if we're seeing too much of javon carter in the regular season something's gone horribly wrong that's true like this should be a guy that we don't see much of again but he did go from a guy we thought Uh, was not even having on the roster to yeah he should be on the roster and he can fill a fill a need whenever the suns need defense on the wing i do at the point i do take something out of him leading the uh point guards not named Rick Rubio in minutes during the preseason. Uh, not that we won't see him again, but I, I do think there's something to be said for that. Because he Money was an unknown votes. quality. I, I think he was an unknown quantity, and they needed to uh, to learn if they wanted to keep him on the roster. I, I don't. He's definitely going to be here. I'm just saying, if he's playing major minutes, something's gone off the rails. Like, so yeah. So Monty talked about having a core four last night. He said he wants four guys that he's always got two of in the game this year. And that, would that be hilarious if Jamon Carter's one of those four? <laughs> that's he's the fourth guy. If that if that's the case, uh, we we may be in for another long season of episodes of the Sun Solar Panel here. Uh, so one thing that we did want to talk about, uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, Devin Booker, obviously been nice to see those guys so far though. It does not look like they're making each other better when one has the ball. The other one, uh, is pulling their best impression of James Harden. Well, it was, it was interesting. (laughs) Monty was talking about how they didn't want to over rely on Devin Booker in the preseason and had to, these guys had to learn to, uh, uh, to run an offense without Devin Booker being being in the mix too much to bail them out, so I'm sure that had an impact on on what Rubio was uh, you know trying to do and getting guys involved and not named Devin Booker. Uh, seriously hoping that as we get into the regular season, that that changes and that they they build that chemistry, that they figure out how to play together. Otherwise, it, they may wind up kind of stacking the deck and, and staggering what who's on the court at, at what point if they're going to look at Devin Booker still a, a ball handler going into this a, a, at some point but I Rubio we saw what we needed to see out of Ricky Rubio in this preseason it's amazing what it means to have an actual point guard on the roster a guy that can get others involved and I think it's just a matter of time be, before him and Devin Booker find a chemistry I think they'll definitely find a chemistry. I did find it interesting, and Monty did allude to it at the end of the game. He said, yeah, we're going to have to figure out how those guys can can maximize each other because they did just what you said, Greg, is they, they um, showed how they're not going to rely on Devin Booker to score all the points uh, like they had last year. And I think there's a little bit of that still Devin Booker syndrome and the DeAndre Aiden syndrome of having to do everything once they get the ball. Um, that they even have to get ingrained in the new offense, which is a ton of passing. And uh, all the rest of the roster showed it that they can do that. Um, But it was quite interesting when Ricky Rubio started the game on Monday night, he ran that offense six straight times. He got open shots for his teammates. 
couple of uh, rolls to the rim, a couple of three corner three point shot attempts, and and all that. And not one of those passes was to Devin Booker in, in in a shooting motion or a shooting situation. Booker almost didn't even take; only took his third shot in the second quarter. Um, so they do have to figure out how to coexist like that. It could be they did that initially. They do a lot of turns taking. I would expect them to stagger a lot in lineups where one's on the court and the other one, if the other one's resting. Um, those will be two of the four guys for sure. Who one of them is always on the court. I think that's very important. Uh, and so we'll see a lot of that with Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio, but they also will figure out how to coexist together um, in that same lineup in crunch time and make the best of each other. Uh, it's funny. So Steve Holler saying, uh, still here's my voice on the driving dish. By the way, uh, any of you guys looking for a good NBA podcast, uh, looking for something a little bit new that's not the Zach Lopos or Ben Simmons or um, uh, definitely not the, the Dunked On podcast, go ahead and check out the driving dish. Mash X over on YouTube chat saying that uh, Dragon Bender tore it up in the preseason for the Bucks. I do kind of wonder what he means by tore it up. Was that like four boards, two points, three assists, or no, what? No, he, he actually he had Chris a pretty played good well. preseason. Uh, yeah, so Dragon Bender had a, one of those 12.7 board uh, performances. He looks like a uh, uh, kind of a strong player, kind of like Alex Len did last year for the Hawks, where his numbers aren't dramatically different, but um, he's on a new team in a new uniform, and so he looks fresh and and energized. Alex Len said he had a much better year in Atlanta than he ever had in Phoenix because the pressure's off. You know, when you leave a team that you didn't live up to expectations on and you go to a new team with zero expectations, it's more fun. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dragon Mender has an okay season, but he is not the guy who's going to suddenly become a star or become anything like what the Suns originally needed, which was uh, a number four overall pick who could who could be a starter on a team uh, and a good one. So he'll be, but he can be a ro- rotation player, just like Alex Lenz, a rotation player. That's that's kind of the analogy I'm making. Well, it's just like we saw that with Robin Lopez years ago. The pressure here wa- was Lopez, immense, yep. and then he, he left, and he's had a successful career. I mean, he hasn't been a great center, but he's had a successful career. He's been, been around the league. Uh, you know, I think Marquise Chris is in a similar situation in golden state started a handful of preseason games. And it's just, it's simply, they don't have the pressure that was a uh, saddled uh, that sat, they were saddled with here being high draft picks. So yeah, yeah. They're, of course uh, they're I was always better. more on Bender Island than Chris cave. I mean, there's just uh there's Marquise Chris, I don't know how if he's really going to get it together to become a real rotation player on a successful team. He's somebody who who I think looked good in preseason, but I don't see in uh, making it in a rotation on a good team. I just don't. In fact, he's almost certain to be cut this week simply because of the way the numbers are working in Golden State. Uh, they can't even they can't they're absolutely not allowed to keep him unless they cut another player. And their only other player they can cut to save money, and the other player has to be a non-guaranteed. The only other guy they can cut is Alfonso McKinney, and that's their starting small forward this year because they're 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 not as deep as they used to be. Um, so they're really starting Alfonso McKinney. That's the only dude. That if they keep Chris, they have to get rid of him. Hey, or they have to make well, a trade with somebody. Well, and and to uh, segue into a player that we are all hoping, and so far, uh, pretty delighted to see that the change of scenery has done him well. Frank Kaminsky, I think he's all getting our preseason MVP award. 
Yeah. He's he's getting my regular season MVP. That's how psyched I am. <laughs> I'm just giving it to him right now because, I, as I said, you shouldn't overreact about the negatives with uh, uh, with DeAndre Ayton in preseason. But you're damn right, I'm going to overreact to the positives with Frank Kaminsky because he looked uh, he looked stellar. He passing, shooting, uh, looking like the goofiest tall white guy I've ever seen. He he succeeded in every category uh, beyond my wildest expectations. Uh, no, he. He just went out there and he played within his game, right? He didn't try too much. He didn't try to get too crazy. He just went out there and and showed that he is a guy that uh, that has talent still. And I think he is, hey, I, yeah. he's he's another guy, very much like like we were talking about, that was saddled with expectations mm-hmm. uh, in in Charlotte and comes here and and you know can just be and and that's a good thing for him. Oh, absolutely. I, um, uh, when I talked to him preseason, he was excited about a chance to have a fresh start. Exactly what you just said, Greg, that in, on a fresh team and a fresh start and all that, he was really looking forward to uh, playing with with the Suns. And he really liked the way Monty described what his role was going to be. And it turns out his role is exactly the way Monty had envisioned uh, where he gets to be. A, I mean, he had three assists on Monday and eight assists the night before. Uh, the game before, that's crazy from a power forward center guy. But the Suns are really going to be using the passing abilities of Sharge and Kaminsky and hopefully Aiton. Um, Aiton averaged almost three assists last year as well in in that other scheme. Uh, so they'll be using those kind of that that kind of uh, facilitation in their offense. And Frank seems made for it. Frank's problem is going to be defensive, but you know what? If you if the Suns are putting a lot of pressure on the other team offensively that actually helps your defense become more effective because the teams are just out of sync. They're out of comfort zone teams who are, who are doing well on one end, don't do as well on the other, et cetera. Um, or, and vice, if they're not doing well on one end, they're not going to do as well on the other. So um, getting them, getting other teams out of their comfort zone can help. So I, I'm just hoping, I know Charlotte actually had pretty good overall team defensive stats when Frank was there. Frank is not a great defender himself, but he's not going to embarrass you. Well, and let's not um, act like uh, Phoenix has ever been the bastion of, of defensive uh, prowess either. So, no. uh, dude, dude, Devin Booker's defense—I know it's preseason, but that has been a—that's uh, been painful, right? Yeah. Well, so I mean, no, actually, he was really active last night. He was actually—he uh, he got credit from all, a lot of his skeptics. He was really active. He was really trying last night. The, the one point seven steals uh, per game is impressive, but he's—he's he's getting beat off the dribble a lot. Do, do you oh, not, he's always going to get off the dribble. That's for sure. Do you not remember James Harden winning, uh, you know, uh, play, uh, winning MVP, playing well, playing uh, abhorrent defense? You know? Yeah, but I also remember James Harden playing better defense uh, a couple of years later when people had already given him the bad defense, um, the bad defender. Um, uh, I'm, okay, so you're not liking Devin Booker's defense, that's for sure. No, I, I just I, I really wanted to see at the beginning of preseason a reinvigorated defensive uh, 
mindset from Booker. You know, you it's wanted to see fake last night. How come you're not giving him credit for last night's game? I, it's it's the getting beat off the dribble. I do give him credit for the 1.7 steals. I think that's huge. Honestly, his like 1.2 that he averages is below league average of where a shooting guard needs to be, and getting that steal rate up, albeit definitely not uh, the most impressive defensive metric, is a defensive metric nonetheless. Uh, that's been really great to see. Active hands. There was a I think there was a time last night when he got beat off the dribble. He had really active hands. He was able to to get the the ball that was um, uh, uh, being inbounded right there. And that was that was really great to see. Um, but I did want to see a little bit more. I, really quickly, though, uh, Felix is asking in the YouTube chat, saying, is is Frank going to be in the rotation? And if so, who's out? I, I think we could probably all agree it's likely Shaq Diallo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Money has said he wanted to go 10 deep on his rotation. I uh, 100% there's no way he's just going to stop at 10 players. Uh, but what he's doing is he's look, he's going to be looking for a consistent 10. Um, then he's going to have other players that come in depending on the matchups and the foul troubles and all that stuff. Frank is definitely among that 10. Um, and uh, it's just a matter of whether the, the rookies both play in any one game, whether Javon Carter gets some time in, whether they go 11, 12, 13 deep in a game. But they're, this is the first time in years the Suns have had a good rotation of all worthy players. And it'll be nice to see. But I definitely think Frank gets minutes every single night, at least 15 minutes. Oh, I, I think he more than earned it in the uh, in the preseason for sure. And uh, as, as long as he is adding value out there, I think he's definitely going to get get those minutes it doesn't have to be the same thing every night even if his shot's not falling but he's passing passing well I still think he's gonna gonna wind up getting minutes out there I almost think that Frank could end up challenging for the uh starting power forward position uh before too long in the season if he keeps playing this way you're not a big fan of Dario Saric uh, <laughs> you're making that clear <laughs> Dave, was it was it you that did the research about, and it may not have been, I, but uh, about the slow starts for Dario Saric? Yeah, and that he he's tends... always shot around 30% yeah. the first month. And then he's up to, um, you know, the 50% and the 40% on threes and all that but for the rest of the year. Yeah. So he may be experiencing that as well. But Saric, I mean, uh, Saric is one of the one of the best net positive guys. I'm looking at NBA.com right now. Uh, he's a, almost a plus four when he's on been on the court his three games this this preseason in 22 minutes a game. And the only people who had a better plus rating than he are um, Tyler Johnson, which is interesting, Javon Carter and Ty Jerome, who we were all very impressed with. Uh, and yet Darish Arch has not been impressive uh to people statistically, but I think he's been better than, than we give him credit for. Do you remember a time leaving preseason where you felt this optimistic about so many elements of the Suns and their roster? Because I can't remember it outside of maybe that 09-10 year, and even then we were skeptical going into that season? They were, we were all skeptical going into 9-10 because of, of replacing – uh, Shaquille O'Neal is as clunky as he was in that offense. He was an all-star that year and replacing him with a dude, Channing Fry, who was buried on the end of Portland's bench. Yeah. So we were skeptical going into that, but you still had, I mean, some really good players and it was just a matter of where the eighth seed or third seed kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you're right. This is probably the first time since then, because we didn't go into 13, 14, very excited. No, I we remember going, I did go into 14, 15, fairly, fairly positive about how things were going to go. I remember telling John Bloom 
uh, before that 13-14 season. He's like, man, the you got to bet the over on this. I'm gonna, I would bet a house payment that the, on the over. And I said, this is a 16-win team. This team was designed <laughs> to lose, and and I think 19 was the was the number that year yeah. and to this day john gives me a hard time i don't know if he actually would have uh uh one time he, he gets it right yeah <laughs> he, he, mr positivity the one time i i put the put the fire out for him and uh and he never has let me live it down so uh, i remember watching those games uh during the 13 14 season literally having a discussion with uh some phoenix suns ticket holders just being like what the f are the suns doing like it was just what was on the court didn't make sense. Um, but we do got to get out of here soon. So two quick points, Cam Johnson shooting 45% from three has looked incredible. I think, uh, Ty Jerome has looked really good as well. Obviously going to get rotation minutes. Yeah, definitely. Both, oh, both of them at least to start. And then, uh, we'll see if, uh, if either of them, kind of fall back to earth uh, once regular season minutes come, but I, they definitely have earned their time in the rotation to start yeah. the season. What's really interesting is that in prior years, the Suns would go into this time of year with three or four Jalen LeCues, right? Totally underdeveloped, 19-year-olds, great skill, great potential, but no real skills developed and be given rotation spots. Now Jalen is lucky if he's ever going to get on the floor and it's totally okay because you don't need him to be really good this year. Whereas Cam Johnson and Ty Jerome have come in ready, just like the Suns thought they would. And they look very ready to play. Absolutely. Great. By the way, one last thing you you mentioned, uh, dunked on earlier, Tim, when you're out here uh, in Phoenix, I think uh, we need to get together and reenact that photo that they have uh, out on a basketball court. <laughs> no, no. Every time I see them tweet that damn photo, I just want to be like, can you guys please? Yeah. <laughs> but if we did it trolling them, I think we get a lot of people that enjoyed it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I actually am. I'm all about it. Uh, I don't know that I can afford those same jeans that they're wearing. Uh, <laughs> I can certainly tuck a polo into mine like that, though. It's like, if, if e, I think it was E-Rex on the chat said we look like IRS agents. If you think we look like IRS agents, go check that photo out. Yeah. Just like, holy, holy hell, have you guys hooped a single day in your life? Why do you go out there and take a picture like that? It, it doesn't it does it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Because because they know basketball, right? So sorry if you haven't seen this photo, just Google it and you'll get you'll get all these bad jokes. But uh, maybe we'll reenact that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. So all right, uh, guys, it's a lot of fun seeing preseason, a lot of fun podcasting. Um, we don't have nine days, uh, or we have nine days until a game. Are we gonna do an episode this Saturday or no? Yeah, yes. we're gonna we're gonna do a big huge group episode. We're going to have other podcasters on. We're going to make our season predictions. It's going to be glorious. Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Arizona time. Be ready. By the way, shout out to my man Flex, who used to call in the postgame show when I was hosting and is in the chat right now. Always good to hear from Yo, you, man. Flex. All right. And to that point, we will see you guys later. Thank you so much. We'll be back Saturday morning, 7 a.m. for a uh, Megapod episode to start off the Suns regular season.